to the one-year journey through the Holy Bible. Let's pray to the Holy Spirit to open our minds and hearts to understand and live the Word of God. Holy Spirit, come into my mind, my spirit, and my heart, so that as I read your word, let me understand, know, and love you better. Bless me to be a faithful disciple to apply your word to my life. Make me a light shining upon all those who are in darkness. As I read the word of God, enlighten my mind and enkindle my heart with a deeper love for you and the people around me. Amen. Today we'll be reading Genesis chapter 35 to 38. Chapter 35 Bethel Revisited God said to Jacob, Go up now to Bethel, settle there, and build an altar there to the God who appeared to you when you were fleeing from your brother Esau. So Jacob told his household and all who were with him, Get rid of the foreign gods among you, then purify yourselves and change your clothes. Let us now go to Bethel, so that I might build an altar there to the God who answered me in the day of my distress, and who has been with me wherever I have gone. They gave Jacob all the foreign gods in their possession, and also the rings they had in their ears, and Jacob buried them under the oak that is near Shechem. Then, as they set out, a great terror fell upon the surrounding towns, so that no one pursued the sons of Jacob. Thus Jacob and all the people who were with him arrived in Luz, now Bethel, in the land of Canaan. There he built an altar and called the place El Bethel, for it was there that God had revealed himself to him when he was fleeing from his brother. Deborah, Rebekah's nurse, died. She was buried under the oak below Bethel, and it was named Alan Bacchus. On Jacob's arrival from Paddan Aram, God appeared to him again and blessed him. God said to him, Your name is Jacob. You will no longer be named Jacob, but Israel will be your name. So he was named Israel. Then God said to him, I am God Almighty. Be fruitful and multiply. A nation, indeed an assembly of nations, will stem from you, and kings will issue from your loins. The land I gave to Abraham and Isaac I will give to you, and to your descendants after you I will give the land. Then God departed from him. In the place where God had spoken with him, Jacob set up a sacred pillar, a stone pillar, and upon it he made a libation and poured out oil. Jacob named the place where God spoke to him, Bethel. Jacob's Family Then they departed from Bethel, but while they had still some distance to go on Ephrath, Rachel went into labor and suffered great distress. When her labor was most intense, the midwife said to her, Do not fear, for now you have another son. With her last breath, for she was at the point of death, she named him Ben-Oin, but her father, but his father named him Benjamin. Thus Rachel died, and now she was buried on the road to Ephrath, now Bethlehem. Jacob set up a second pillar on her grave, and the same pillar marks Rachel's grave to this day. Israel moved on and pitched his tent beyond Migdal Eder. While Israel was encamped in that region, Reuben went and lay with Bilhah, his father's concubine. When Israel heard of it, he was greatly offended. The sons of Jacob were now twelve. The sons of Leah, Reuben, Jacob's firstborn, Simon, Levi, Judah, Iskar, and Zebulun the sons of Rachel, Joseph, and Benjamin. 
the sons of Rachel's maidservant Bilhah, Dan, and Naphtali, the sons of Leah's maidservant Zilpah, Gad, and Asher. These are the sons of Jacob, who were born to him in Pad and Aaron. Jacob went home to his father Isaac at Mamre in Kirath Arba, now Hebron, where Abraham and Isaac had resided. The length of Isaac's life was 180 years, then he breathed his last. He died as an old man and was gathered to his people. After full life, his sons Esau and Jacob buried him. Chapter 36 Edomite Lists These are the descendants of Esau, that is, Edom. Esau took his wives from among the Canaanite women, Adah, son of Elon the Hittite, Oholamah, the daughter of Anna, the son of Zabon the Havite, and Basemath, the daughter of Ishmael and the, son, and the sister of Nebaioth. Adah bore Elisphath to Esau, Basemath bore Reu, and Oholamah bore Jesu, Jalam, and Korah. These are the sons of Esau who were born to him in the land of Canaan. Esau took his wives, his son, his daughters, and all the members of his household, as well as his livestock, all his cattle, and all the property he had acquired in the land of Canaan, and went to the land of Seir, away from his brother Jacob. Their possessions had become too great for them to dwell together, and the land in which they were residing could not support them because of their livestock. So Esau settled in the highlands of Seir, Esau's Edom. These are the descendants of Esau, ancestor of the Edomites, in the highlands of Seir. These are the names of the sons of Esau, Eliphaz, son of Adah, wife of Esau, and Raul, son of Basemath, wife of Esau. The sons of Eliphaz were Taman, Omar, Zepho, Gotham, and Tenaz. Timnah was a concubine of Eliphaz, the son of Esau, and she bore Amalek to Esau, uh, Eliphaz. Those were the sons of Adah, wife of Esau. These were the sons of Raul, Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. Those were the sons of Basemath, the wife of Esau. These were the sons of Esau's wife, Oholamah, the daughter of Anna, son of Zebon, whom she bore to Esau, Jeush, Jalam, and Korah. These are the clans of the sons of Esau, the sons of Eliphaz, Esau's firstborn, the clans of Teman, Omar, Zephu, and Kenaz, Korah, Gautam, and Amalek. These are the clans of Eliphaz in the land of Edom. They are the sons of Adal. These are the sons of Reuel, sons of Esau, the clan of Nahath, Zerah, Shammah, and Mizah. These are the clans of Reuel in the land of Edom. They are the sons of Basemath, wife of Esau. These were the sons of Obalamah, wife of Esau, the clans of Jesh, Jalam, and Korah. These are the clans of Esau's wife, Oholamah, daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Esau, that is, Edom, according to their clans. These are the sons of Seir, the Horite, the inhabitants of the land, Lotan, Shobal, Zebon, and Anna, Dishon, Ezer, and Dishan. Those are the clans of the Horites, son of Seir, in the land of Edom. The sons of Lotan were Hori, Hemam, and Lotan's sister was Timna. These are the sons of Shebul. 
Al- Alvin, Manhat, Ibal, Shepo, and Om- Onam. These are the sons of Zebaon, Aya, and Anna. He is the Anna who found water in the desert while he was pasturing the donkeys of his father Zeban. These are the children of Anna, Dishan and Obalama, daughter of Anna. These are the sons of Dishan, Hemdan, Eshban, Irtharn, and Cherthan. These are the sons of Ezer, Bilhan, Zavan, and Akan. These are the sons of Dishan, Uz, and Aran. These are the sons of the Horites, the clans of Lotan, Shobal, Zebon, and Anna, Dishan, Ezer, and Dishan. These are the clans of the these are the clans of the Horites, clan by clan, in the land of Seir. These are the kings who reigned in the land of Edom before any king reigned over the Israelites. Bela, son of Beor, became the king in Edom. The name of his city was Dinhaba. When Bela died, Jobab, son of Zerah, from Bozrah, succeeded him as king. When Jobab died, Husham from the land of the Temanites succeeded him as king. When Husham died, Hadad, king of Bedad, succeeded him as king. He is the one who defeated Midian in the country of Moab. The name of his city was Avith. When Hadad died, Samla from Mesrach succeeded him as king. When Samla died, Shaul from Rehoboth on the river succeeded him as king. When Shaul died, Balhanan son of Akorbar succeeded him as king. When Balhanan son of Akorbar died, Hadad succeeded him as king. The name of the city was Pau. His wife's name was Mechtabel, the daughter of Matrid, son of Mezagab. These are the names of the clans of Isu identified according to their families and localities. The sons of Tim- Timna, Alva, and Jait. Oholma, Ella, Pinon, Canaiz, Temna, Mizbar, Magdal, and Iram. Those are the clans of the Edomites according to their settlements in their territorial holdings. That is of Isu, the ancestor of the Edomites. Chapter 37 Joseph Sold into Egypt Jacob settled in the land where his father had sojourned, the land of Canaan. This is the story of the family of Jacob. When Joseph was seventeen years old, he was tending the flocks with his brothers, and he was an assistant to the sons of his father's wives Bilhah and Zilpah, and Joseph brought their father bad reports about them. Israel loved Joseph best of all his sons, for he was the child of his old age, and he had made him a long ornamented tunic. When his brothers thought that their father loved him best of all his brothers, they hated him so much that they could not say kind word to him. Once Joseph had a dream, and when he was he told his brothers, they hated him even more. He said to them, Listen to this dream I had. There they were, binding sheaves into the field, when suddenly my sheaf rose to an upright position, and your sheaves formed a ring around my sheaf and bowed down to it. His brothers asked him, Are you really going to make yourself king over us? Will you rule over us? So they hated him all the more because of his dreams and his reports. Then he had another dream and told his brothers, Look, I had another dream. This time the sun and the moon and eleven stars were bowing down to me. When he told it to his father and his brothers, his father reproved him and asked, What is the meaning of this dream of yours? Can it be that I and your mother and your brothers are to come and bow to the ground before you? 
So his brothers were furious at him because his father kept the matter, but his father kept the matter in his mind. One day, when his brothers had gone to the pasture, their father's flocks at Shechem, Israel said to Joseph, Are your brothers not tending our flocks in Shechem? Come, and I will send you to them. I am ready, Joseph answered. Go then, he replied. See if all is well with your brothers and the flocks, and bring back word. So he sent him off from the valley of Hebron. When Joseph reached Shechem, a man came upon him as he was wandering about in the fields. What are you looking for? the man asked. I'm looking for my brothers, he answered. Please tell me where they are tending the flocks. The man told him, They have moved on from here. In fact, I heard them say, Let us go on to Dothan. So Joseph went after his brothers and found them in Dothan. They saw him from a distance, and before he reached them, they plotted to kill him. They said to one another, Here comes that dreamer. Come now, let us kill him and throw him into one of the cisterns here. We could say that a wild beast devoured him. We will see then what comes of his dreams. But then, when Reuben heard this, he tried to save him from their hands, saying, We must not take his life. Then Reuben said, Do not shed blood. Throw him into the cistern in the wild wilderness, but do not lay a hand on him. His purpose was to save him from their hands and restore him to his father. So when Joseph came to his brothers, they stripped him of his tunic, the long ornamented tunic he had on, and they threw him into the cistern. The cistern was empty, and there was no water in it. Then they sat down to eat. Looking up, they saw a caravan of Ishmaelites coming from Gilad, their camels laden with gum, balm, and resin to be taken down to Egypt. Judah said to his brothers, What is going to be gained by killing our brother and concealing his blood? Come, let us sell him to these Ishmaelites instead of doing away with him ourselves. After all, he is our brother, our own flesh. His brothers agreed. Midianite traders traveled by, and they pulled Joseph out of the cistern. They sold Joseph for twenty pieces of silver to the Ishmaelites, who took him to Egypt. When Reuben went back to the cistern, he saw that Joseph was not in it, and he torn his garments. And returning to his brothers, he exclaimed, The boy is gone, and I, where can I turn? They took Joseph's tunic, and after slaughtering a goat, dipped the tunic in its blood. Then they sent someone to bring the long ornamented tunic to their father with the message, We found this. See whether it is your son's tunic or not. He recognized it and exclaimed, My son's tunic. A wild beast has devoured him. Joseph has been torn into pieces. Then Jacob tore his garments and put a sackcloth on his loins and mourned for his son many days. Though his sons and daughters tried to console him, he refused all consolation, saying, No, I will go down mourning to my son in Shul. Thus did his father weep for him. The Midianites, meanwhile, sold Joseph in Egypt to Pontifar, an official of Pharaoh and his chief steward. Chapter 38 Judah and Tamar About that time Judah went down away from his brothers and pitched his tent near a certain Aldamite named Hira. There Judah saw the daughter of a Canaanite named Shua. He married her and had intercourse with her. She conceived and bore a son whom she named Ur. Again she conceived and bore a son whom she named Onan. Then she bore still another son whom she named Shelah. She was in Chesib when she bore him. Judah got a wife named Tamar for his firstborn Ur. But Ur, Judah's firstborn, greatly offended the Lord, so the Lord took his life. 
Then Judah said to Onan, Have intercourse with your brother's brother's wife in fulfillment of your duty as brother-in-law, and thus preserve your brother's line. Onan, however, knew that the offspring would not be his, so whenever he had intercourse with his brother's wife, he wasted his seed on the ground to avoid giving offspring to his brother. What he, great, what he did greatly offended the Lord, and the Lord took his life too. Then Judah said to his daughter-in-law, Tom, Tamar, Remain a widow in your father's house until my son Shelah grows up, for he feared that Shelah also might die like his brothers. So Tamar went to live in, his, in her father's house. Time passed, and the daughter of Shua, Judah's wife, died. After Judah completed the period of mourning, he went up to Tinmah, and to those who were shearing his sheep, in company with his friend Hira the Aldamite. Then Tamar was told, Your father-in-law is up on his way to Tinmah to shear his sheep. So she took off her widow's garments, covered herself with a shawl, and having wrapped herself, sat down at the entrance of Enam, which is on the way to Tinmah. And she, for she was aware that, although Sheila was now not gr- now grown up, she had not been given to him in marriage. When Judah saw her, he thought that she was a harlot, since she had covered her face. So he went over to her at the roadside and said, Come, let me have intercourse with you, for he did not realize that she was her, his daughter-in-law. She replied, What will you pay me for letting you have intercourse with me? He answered, I will send you a young goat from the flock. Very well, she said, provided you leave me a pledge until you send it. Judah asked, What pledge should I leave you? She answered, Your seal and cord and the staff in your hand. So he gave them to her and had intercourse with her, and she conceived by him. After she got up and went away, she took off her shawl and put on the widow's garments again. Judah sent the young goat by his friend, the Aldumite, to recover the pledge from the woman, but he did not find her. So she asked the men of that place, Where is the prostitute, the one by the roadside in Anim? But they answered, No, the prostitute has been here. No prostitute has been here. He went back to Judah and told him, I did not find her, and besides, the men of that place said no prostitute has been there. Let her keep the things, Judah replied, otherwise we will become a laughingstock. After all, I did send her this young goat, but you did not find her. About three months later, Judah was told your daughter-in-law Tamar has acted as a harlot, and now she is pregnant from her harlotry. Judah said, Bring her out, let her be burned. But as she was being brought out, she sent word to her father-in-law, It is by the man to whom these things belong that I am pregnant. Then she said, See those seal see whose seal and cord and staff these are. Judah recognized them and said, She is in the right rather than I, since I did not give her to my son Sheila. He had no further sexual relations with her. When the time of her delivery came, they were twins in her womb. While she was giving birth, one put out his hand, and the midwife took and tied a crimson thread to his hand, noting that this one came first. But he withdrew his hand, and his brother came out, and she said, What a breach you have made for yourself. So she called him praise. Afterward, his brother, who came with the crimson red thread on his hand, came out, and he was called Sarah.